This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Cut off by Mata, throws it out front, Dumba scores! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala cuts to the middle. Wade scores! Greenway in. Saved by Miska. Rebound. Erickson. They score! Jordan Greenway beats Miska. And poked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill. Now, here are your hosts. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyak. And Justin Buck. Hello and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn. Brett Marshall joined as always by Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. Another special reaction episode. We figured they'd happen in a plenty this offseason. This one, of course, um, if you haven't heard and you live under a rock, um, Zach Parisi and uh, Ryan Suter, the cornerstones of the franchise since July 4th of 2012, have both been bought out. Uh, we've got a full show here with instant reactions, expansion implications, what it means for the offseason, potential trades, assistant captaincies, all that stuff coming up on the show. But before that, it's always good to do a wellness check on my pals. So, Zeke, how you doing tonight? I heard you got back onto the ring for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's been, it was last time was last February, so it's been probably like 500-something days. Uh, you know, I'm probably not in the best shape right now because I haven't been doing <laughs> too much intense exercise last year. Because, but, uh, no, it was good to be back out in the ice, even if it was kind of hard. It was, you know, it's always fun to be at the rink and uh, just, you know, feel that cool air and just have some fun. So it was good. Glad to hear that. And, Justin, I'm sure the kids are uh... – Giving you headaches as always, but uh, how you doing this hey, evening? Yeah, yeah, doing good. Uh, the youngest is teething again, but I uh, had a fun day. I went to see Quest in Roseville today. That's actually where I was when the news broke, and uh, baffled, I think, just as much as uh, everyone else, mostly by the suitor one. But uh, I was going to say, your haircut looks good, Zeke. I, uh, <laughs> you got your haircut for the aerodynamic of skating today, didn't yep. you? <laughs> Maybe that's Eric Carlson's problem. He just needs to get a haircut, and he'll go. He'll yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, he, we, I you know I'm kind of same level as him. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. And 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 Justin, I think you already touched on it. the The Parisi buyout, like we talked, we talked about on this show. Like, yeah, it was, I think even last week uh, at the top of the at the top of the show before we got into expansion, we we mumbled about the possibility of you know that buyout window's coming. He, he could be bought out might be traded and bought out. We pulled Twitter. Like, it, that one wasn't a shock. But I think just the thing that took us all aback, maybe even more so, Zeke, as you alluded to before we hopped on, you know, even when, when Paul Fenton was fired, was that Ryan Suter got bought out. So so let's start there. Uh, Zeke, we'll go to you here first since you made the, the really good analogy there. I mean, like I said, pretty expected. But you saw Suter got bought out. What were you thinking right away? 
Well, as, as I said before the show, I had to double check uh, and, you know, refresh the my phone to make sure it wasn't just a troll or somebody on the Internet trying to, you know, fake out like they always do. Because, you know, like you said, you, you maybe expected Preezy, but you didn't certainly expect both just like that. So, you know, I was, you know, like I said on Twitter today, I was genuinely shocked. Uh, you know, I did not see that coming. Like, you know, like we'll say, I just thought Suit were still really good last year. Like we talked in our player grade episode and I was just, you know, I mean, like credit to him, it's ballsy, but I was just shocked that uh, he had the that they just would make that decision just right away, right now. It just it was to just do both of them gone. It was like everyone, I'm sure, it was just I like I said, I was just shocked. Yeah, Justin, do you do you share the sentiment? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I never saw the suitor thing coming. You knew, kind of. We already mentioned you knew something had to happen mm-hmm. because we had what like 15, 16 mil of cap space with. Fiala, Kaprizov to be signed and a bunch of roster spots to be filled. So you knew something like this Preci buyout or Dumba trade or something like that was coming. But, uh, yeah, just shocked that Suter was, you know, along with Preci. And uh, kind of like our meme today, uh, Garen's kind of <laughs> carrying around his set in a wheelbarrow. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, he, he certainly is and. That's where we'll go next year. So I think, you know, after, you know, Wild Twitter was able to digest and just the Wild fandom as a whole is able to digest the fact that, all right, these two franchise cornerstones are bought out. Now what? So let's start here. I'm sure you've you've seen these by now, but uh, the, the the cap implications um, of this deal. Um, so in... Um, Next year, I believe it frees up something in the realm of I want to say it's ten million. Am I am I right on this, or I got the wrong tweet it's, up here? Yeah, it's like ten point three. If I remember, yeah. Yeah, so ten point three next year, and then the year after that, it's somewhere around like two million. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that tweet because I want to make sure we get this right. Uh, here we go. Yeah. So here's here's what they save on the buyout. So ten point three million next year, or th- this coming season, two point three million in twenty two twenty three, and then. Uh, 300,000 each in 23-24 and 24-25. Uh, 1.7 million uh, after that from 25-26 to uh, 28-29. So, uh, you know, it's... The, de- the dead cap has kind of been the the big thing discussed here. So let's go there next. Um, what do you guys make of just the decision to do it now? And, and, and the argument of, well, why not, you know, especially, you know, why not just keep Suter in, in, in the fold or, you know, why not just do, you know, and just do Suter and just the implications of freeing all that cap now versus, you know, a buyout in a year or two years or what have you. Well, I think, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I did see some people saying, well, why wouldn't you wait to year two? I think mainly like you just said with the, the cap things, they got that 10.3 million in space this year. And I, like you mentioned, they, they don't get nearly as much. So as Russo kind of said uh, earlier that it was pretty much this year or nothing if they wanted to buy one or both out of them to, you know, re- really get the benefit along with the, you know, with the potential hurt later on. So uh, I guess, I don't know, I, I'm kind of mixed because you do see, when you see almost 15 million for a couple years of uh, paying two guys to play for another team, that does definitely scare you a little bit because you're basically almost, you know, playing as like a budget team then. But I don't know. I, I think, I think, I mean, I just, you know, like we, like we mentioned that meme, I just think, you know, the balls he had to just do that. And, and it's, it's pretty impressive to just believe in what he thinks he needs to do uh, in Bill Guerin. And I just think that, yes, that 15 million, you know, could be a problem, but like, you know, like we, like a lot of people have said, like you guys said, uh, you know, they're going to 
you know, use some rookies on entry level contracts and stuff like that to which, you know, most every team that, you know, is good should really try to do that, but they're going to try to, to use that way. And just, you know, again, to try to just keep building this team up. And I don't, and I think maybe that's uh, that the pain from that isn't as much as some people, especially uh, nationally have been saying today. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was basically, he's basically reiterating what, what I've heard too. And then the time was now to do it. And it didn't make sense to do it a year or two from now. Um, Cause you really aren't getting the cap space then. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to have the dead cap space hit anyways on year three and four. And I was kind of looking into uh, players that are free agents then and it, may not as i mean it still stinks that we're gonna have that cap hit but it may not be as bad we have like in year three when that 7.3 million cap hit for each of them are hit we have players like zuccarello felino and hartman that will go to unstrict unrestricted free agency i'm sure a player like felino would be resigned but i'm not sure about zuccarello that would free up six million you know we got a couple contracts within the next couple years that will free up cap space too so i think we'll be able to you know work around it and uh, have uh, continue to draft and develop well. And I think that's going to be the big thing here is to have these guys like Addison and, and Rossi and Boldy and, and hopefully a guy like Manel slot in and, and, you know, on their entry level contracts and make an impact. Yeah. I, I think that was my biggest takeaway is this, this to me meant, meant two things. Matt Dumba is here to stay at least I think for sure for this season and, you know, they don't look at even considering a trade for him until, you know, maybe he as he approaches unrestricted free agency if they can't come to a new deal. And two, they have a belief in their young players. Because, as you guys just alluded to, you have to fill your roster out somehow and you can't go out and sign a bunch of free agents at 2 $3 million because it's not feasible. But if you can bring in, you know, your Matt Bullies, your Marco Rossi's, your Adam Beckman's, your Kellen Addison's, your Murat Husnadinov's, you know, they have two first-round picks this year. Um, you know, your Ryan O'Rourke's, your Damon Hunt's, you know, if if you can bring these guys in on, you know, whether it's, you know, it could be their entry-level contracts or perhaps, you know, for these, you know, middle-of-the-lineup guys, the third-pair defenseman, your O'Rourke's, your Husandinov's, they might be able to get a bridge deal for, you know, $2 million or less. You have to think, you know, Garen's maybe banking on the, you know, the cap going up uh, maybe around year three, year four as the league kind of recovers from, from COVID. So I think that's kind of what it boiled down to for me. And, and as you guys alluded to, like the time was now to do it. Um, and I think the other thing that was key is I think, you know, Garen just saw, how, you know, Zach Parisi just completely fell off a cliff, um, as we mm-hmm. talked about on this show, basically from from last year to this year. Um, you know, the offense was still there, but that's not uncommon when players fall off. It's it, it's the defense that really fell off. And this is a team that, that you know, that plays because of their strong defense. And when a guy's not bringing that, it's not going to work. And, and defense, and, you know, we see them fall off quick, too. Um, Duncan Keith in Chicago is a great example, you know, elite during their cup runs. He's 38 now, just got acquired by Edmonton, but you know, how much gas does he have left in the tank? And, and, you know, and if you're the wild, do you want to be, you know, having Ryan Suter on your roster as a number six defenseman with seven and a half million or to eat that cap and, you know, free up a spot for a guy like Ryan O'Rourke instead. So I I think that's what, what, what I really looked at there. Um, anything else kind of like instant reaction and things that were just kind of racing through your head here before we get into, um, the expansion implications of the deal. I think the big thing with Parisi, what, just from reading Russo's story and hearing the interviews and such, is, I mean, yeah, I loved having them here, but it, it seems like there was no going back on what happened this year from what he was saying, and, and you didn't really want to drag that for four more years. So 
I mean, as much as, uh, you know, it's sad to see him go, maybe in a way, it, it, it makes sense just because of what happened this year and, and the route they want to take with this roster. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think you're totally right. And I just think my main takeaway was, you know, like I said on Twitter earlier that, you know, this wasn't, and as Garen said in his press conference today, that's not something he was just going to wake up and decide to do, like, you know, out of the blink of an eye. And that, you know, they have people that work for the team that plan the stuff out that, you know, can, you know, have an idea of the numbers and the money that's going to be available. So I think, you know, yeah, maybe it could be, obviously it might, you know, it could blow up in his face and not work, you know, just like anything. But I think, like I said earlier, that they obviously have a plan for how to deal with this. You know, again, we'll see if it works, but they do have a plan, obviously, to how to deal with this uh, when they're making a significant decision. So I think, you know, again, it, it might work, not work out, but just trust that, you know, that that plan is going to work out. And also just realize that there was no, you know, easy way out of it. It was the no-win situation for, you know, the, the team and the fans in pretty much every way because, I mean, that's what happens when you sign a guy to a 13-year contract, much less two. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So all the best to those two whenever comes next. You know, they were they they gave everything they had. I mean, they they had other options, more money to go elsewhere. I believe Detroit offered Suter. It might have even been longer term. Um, you know, more cap hit, but but you know, they, they chose to come home and and they they may, you know, what you, you can argue all you want about, you know, they only they never got out of the first round and, and all this and, you know, first disappointment. That's not on them. You know, that's that's the GMs yeah. that failed to put teams around them that failed to bring in other players. They gave everything they had. You know, Preezy's a top line guy for, you know, top six guy for every year except this year he was here. Suter's been a staple on, you know, the top pair up until this year where he was, you know, top four. Um, they gave everything they had. They, they, they wore the eighth, represented the organization well, and I, I wish them all the best and, and whatever's next. And, you know, it's it, it's funny. I, I tweeted this out before we hopped on the show here. I was looking back at the 2016-17 Minnesota Wild roster. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the year they traded for Martin Hondel. Here was, who, here was who was on that roster. Mikhail Granlund, gone. Eric Stahl, gone. Miko Koivu, gone. Nito Niederreiter, gone. Charlie Coyle, gone. Jason Zucker, gone. <laughs> Jason Pominville, gone. Zach Parisi, gone. Eric Halla, gone. Chris Stewart, gone. Martin Hansel, gone. Ryan White, gone. Jewel Erickson X, still here. Ryan Suter, gone. Marco Scandella, gone. Christian Follin, gone. Nate Prosser, gone. Spurgeon Brody and Dumba, still here. Dubnik Kemper, Stalock, gone. So from that from that 2017 wild team that was like one of the best in the league, um, and made that horrible Hansel trade. There are four players left. Um, you know we've we've been calling it a, you know a rebuild and a retool for years now, but I, it's it's a, at this point the team has been rebuilt whether you like it or yeah. not. There, when there's four yeah. players left from a team, whatever four years mm-hmm. ago, the team has been rebuilt. Um, and if you're curious of of the players of of those that were traded, um, what they have left of that uh, is Kevin Fiala, Victor Rask. Uh, pick 25 this year, Kellen Addison, Marcus Foligno, a third-round pick this year, and a fifth-round pick next year, um, I believe, is, is if I did my research correctly. So and when you consider about maybe half of those guys were traded, the rest were, you know, expansion casualties or buyouts mm-hmm. or retirements or, you know, what have you, or, you know, just went to U- UFA. But no, <laughs> you know, overall, Sands Rask, not not bad yeah. returns on on those guys and i and i will say uh as a friend of the show state of hoppy pointed out on twitter we all got to be thinking of quick trip today yep. uh, we don't get to see those glorious commercials with his uh, grin after eating the pasta anymore so that'll suck but we'll have to find a new rep who's it gonna be <laughs> i should put dumb on those commercials it'd be so much more entertaining. oh it'd be funny it'd be funny yeah all right so, so let's get to kind of the next you know b- big piece of this and you know obviously this wasn't the sole reason they did it but 
you know, expansion does does play a role in this. We were speculating on this show. We we assumed, um, you know, Parisi would probably waive, and that you know there was a pretty good chance that Ryan Suter would get waived for the purpose of our expansion draft. We assumed that both would waive for expansion. Well, now that doesn't have to happen. Um, now it's you know you can protect Brodeen, Dumba, and and Spurgeon up front. You're going to look at uh, Eck, Felino, Greenway. Fiala, Hartman, Sturm, and Zuccarello as probably your seven forwards. And as we discussed last week, it sounds like Cam Talbot will be the goaltender. So it, they could maybe go a route where they still protect Carson Soucy, but I just I, I don't see why they would buy out Ryan Suter and then still go 4-4-1. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see that as a likelihood. But, you know, expansion implications were, were, were a big part of this. Yeah, I know. I think... Uh... You know, like we said, we we've known that for a while now that Garen likes Dumpa. You know, like everyone says, he you know his energy, you know, his kind of leadership abilities is and his talent on the ice. You know, he didn't want to lose him for you know, and much less lose him for nothing. So obviously, that was you know the big thing here. And you know, he's almost like Brett mentioned earlier, he's almost certainly going to be on the team through the entirety of next year, which I think is good, especially you know, like you said, they they kind of you know it, it inadvertently did blow a hole through part of their defense. So they obviously is going to be good to be able to keep him and also keep your favorite there, Nico Stern. But yeah, no, I I like you said, it wasn't the main reason thing to do, but uh, it definitely is more flexibility. And now I think you're looking at either like you mentioned, Susie Rask or Kakinen, and you know obviously you don't want to lose the young goalie, but I think losing either of those three is much you know, is much less uh, damaging than it would be if he just lost Dumba just for nothing from them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't have much to add to that, but uh, I, I think this makes the real loser in the whole situation Seattle because, yeah. I mean, they have even less to choose from, and, and I, I personally think they'll take Susie, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know that wasn't the reason they did it, but being able to protect the two extra players instead of Parisi and Suter uh, certainly helps us. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about, too, is, you know, I I believe Russo kind of just dusted under the rug during one of his radio segments today. Um, But it sounds like the Wild did offer Brennan Manel a contract uh, today, which I think is pretty important. Um, He said said on his podcast he offered him a two-way contract. Okay. Which is not what he wants, but we'll see. But maybe maybe that changes potentially now and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it got me thinking, you know— Addison, we, we saw hints of him last year. He didn't look completely out of place. Still has a long way to go in the defensive part of the game. Um, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, do you do you want to anchor him to someone like Brodeen um, and give him those tough minutes? Do you want to shelter him with someone else in the third pair, whether that's Ian Cole or, you know, the long list of, of UFA defensemen that might be available this summer? Um, do you bring in Brendan Manel, who has a little more pro experience, both in the AHL and the KHL last year? Should he accept that contract? Um, or do you maybe... You know, say hey, we we want to keep Carson Susie. We're going to leave him unprotected. Um, you know, we we we've heard mentions from Russo kind of spitballing. You know, maybe they throw out a second pick or second round pick, um, to protect a cat. Maybe now it's protect a Susie. You know, two two things I just kind of floated out. Um, and Spen pointed out, and we we saw even from our research, the there's not a a, a large crop of you know centers that are going to be available in expansion. Um, you know, that have, you know, a decent amount of NHL experience um, that have played tough minutes. Victor Rask, regardless of, of our thoughts, on him, is one of those guys. Um, he was signed by um, Ron Francis in, in Carolina. Um, so in you know, the wild, maybe look at, you know, a, a side deal per, to, to protect Carson Susie. That includes, you know, maybe it is a Brendan Manel who Alex Mandricki, uh, the head of analytics for Seattle, brought into Minnesotans now in Seattle. 
Um, and maybe you throw in a second round in Victor Rask and you protect Susie. So you lose a couple pieces, you lose a you know potential deep prospect. And maybe if they want a little more for, you know, I wouldn't call them a for sure thing, but maybe a higher end prospect, would you do like a Beckman a second and Rask to, to protect Susie? You know, to, there's just a couple scenarios that I just, I spitball and just want to run those by you guys and, and see what you thought. You know, do you think that would be enough to, to get them to back off Susie or not? To me, I, I mean, I love Susie, but I, I don't think I'd want to give up that much to, to protect him. Mm-hmm. As much as I love him, I, I think giving up like a, a pick maybe, but I don't know about a pick and a prospect like Beckman. Just I don't. I, 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 I that just would you do it for, for a, a second and ask? I think so. Or what? wait, Beckman for and a second for Rask? No, just just a second and Rask to keep him away from Susie. Oh yeah, I would do that. Okay, I, I think I'd do that. Manel, yeah. Mimnell, second Rask, you're out. That one's tough. That's I, tough. That's a tough one. Because, see, I, uh, I think that's right around the right price. Yeah. Usually when you're uncomfortable, you're right around the right yep, price. Yeah, exactly. That's the way. <laughs> that, that's what I've big time learned this year. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I'm with Justin. I don't want to give up too much to, you know, even Susie is good. Uh, I don't know you know obviously how high the upside is there but you know he does have the affordable contract so i would be willing to like you guys brought up the manel in the second one i guess i'm just not as high on him as i am on a guy like beckman at forward so you know i i don't know i guess i wouldn't be like you know like too upset or anything if they did trade a prospect like him in a second or whatever to to protect their guys uh on d but uh, i don't know i guess i think i'm more justin as i don't want to you know just mess around with that too much and end up giving up future assets. Cause uh, you know, Susie's good, but I think, uh, you know, Ruth was mentioning on his podcast. I just listened to that. There could be guys, you know, obviously the money will have to be tight, but that they could maybe replace uh, entry age that may be better. But yeah, no, I, I just, I guess I would tread lightly is what my thought is. Yeah. yeah without I mean, we, we've kind of talked about it already, but if we do lose Susie, we can, Hopefully, resign a guy like Cole and have mm-hmm. a guy like if Manel signs and Addison, I'll slide in. Otherwise, we may not have been an, um, involved in free agency, but uh, now we could be and sign a replacement there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't like, like we. Uh, I can't even talk right now. Like Zeke said, tread lightly. I don't want to give too much up, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I sit. Yeah, the, the next. The next piece I want to touch on um, after expansion was um, I saw a tweet. Um, I haven't watched Insider Trading, but uh, apparently Darren Dreger of TSN uh, reports that the Minnesota Wild will make a trade offer uh, for Jack Eichel. Didn't specify when. Um, that's been long speculated. So I did want to hit on that because I think that was kind of, you know, the, the next thing that popped into my mind is that, well, they just cleared a fuck ton of cap. Um, you know, obviously some of that might be, you know, my, my first thought was, all right, they might, Go long, they might try to you know up the AV on on Kirill Kaprizov to get him long term potentially. Um, it could mean they're, they're trying to clear a little room to to get both Kirill and Kevin at, at numbers that they're comfortable with, or you know maybe it means that they are in on a Jack Eichel. Um, and I, I want to talk about you know what we, we did a little bit in the group chat before the show, but what an Eichel trade might look like not now knowing what we know um, that you know Dumba's for sure not a part of it, um, that Akka's probably not a part of it, and just just kind of spitball some ideas of what that might look like and again trying to get uncomfortable um, I can start off with the one I, I threw in the chat and then we can kind of build off that so I think I think a starting point for sure is going to have to be Kevin Fiala 
um, if you're going to bring in a Jack Eichel. You know, you got to get that pro- you know that that proven player. Um, you also do that, you know, to keep keep the money working as well. Um, and then I said it it probably costs you maybe some sort of prospect, whether that's a Marco Rossi or a Matt Boldy. Um, and then it is rumored that Buffalo likes this year's draft class quite a bit. Um, so, you know, maybe it's pick 21 or pick 25, potentially something else um, as a starting post. I think for sure those three pieces, um, Fiala, Rossi, or Boldy, and let's let's go with pick 21 as, as a starting point and potentially more. Well, so are you putting both uh, Rossi and Boldy in there? One or the other. Oh, okay, one Depending on whatever well, one Buffalo prefers. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I think for me personally, I think, you know, like we've seen any scenario, obviously, you know, your team, the general manager is going to ask high. Obviously, that's his job. But any scenario where it's both, uh, like I think most people said it's a no-go. But I think, as you guys mentioned, you know, usually when you're coming up with these on Twitter, it's, it's good to be uncomfortable because then maybe you're getting somewhere. And I don't know, maybe it's not fair. I guess, you know, I'd feel more comfortable with Boldly considering, you know, obviously our need at center but with Marco Rossi. So, you know, I don't want to trade him, you know, because he's, you know, the potential upcoming star, number one center in this team. But, you know, if I was comfortable with the health things, I, I would be in that deal, uh, depending on what else is in the in the, in the the trade coming back, uh, you know, maybe comfortable with that. Uh, I don't know. I just think that they're kind of setting themselves up, maybe the cap where they want to take, you know, their, their shot maybe sooner rather than later. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's all depends on whether you know they they can have his health information and determine that because like we uh I think it was on TSN last week they mentioned that uh, no teams have really been given access to his medical information by Buffalo yet and they're waiting till you know teams they know teams are actually serious about it so uh you know like I mean that's kind of an obvious statement but I would be comfortable with you know with that idea that you brought up there. Like I said, if 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 I was fairly confident in his health that even if he's not necessarily fully healthy this year, that he'll be back to full by the start of next season, I would be, you know, I would very much consider that. Justin. Yeah, I, this is tough for me because I've been back and forth on this. I, I keep going mm-hmm. to be out on Eichel, um, that no access to his medical record and such does scare me still. The cap hit kind of scares me. Um Blowing a hole in our prospect pool scares me, especially with the buyouts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are going to be players that we're going to need to fill spots if we're going to be in a crunch for for a few years here. And I mean, I know, God, this is such a hard question for you to answer, but <laughs> yeah. I think I'm I'm still out on Eichel. I, I trust Bill Garen and what he's going to do, and I'll, I'll support it. But uh, at the same time, number one centers don't just become available like ever yep. so you know i'm gonna have to go ahead and trust bill but I, I just with the roster spots we're gonna have to fill i don't want to blow a hole in the side of it and give up scoring for scoring i don't know if that makes sense but uh who would slide into the second line then if we just had caprice have eichel in the first and i mean you'll have boldy but who would he play with right type thing like for sure i i, I don't know yeah, it's it's tough. I and I think the other the other idea that I kind of float a little bit is it sounds like Buffalo does have some interest in in acquiring a goaltender. Um, I know Columbus had been heavily linked with the potential of Merce Leakins, but you know I, I do wonder now um, with with the passing of Keith Lennox, who they think they thought could step in as a backup to Corpus Salo, I wonder if that potentially maybe changes things for them. But 
Um, you know, and then if we as we talked last week, it seems like the Wild have cooled a bit on their outlook for Capo Kakinen. Um, but he's a name I've been kind of seen out in proposals as well. So maybe you can pull off mm-hmm. of a a, a Boldy or a Rossi, um, th- throw in a guy like like Kakinen, and then maybe it's a a little bit lesser prospect, maybe like a Beckman or a Husnadinov, or perhaps you know it's it's both the first from this year. Or maybe it's you know one it's twenty one from this year and an unprotected or a lottery protected twenty twenty two first round pick. Is that about you guys are more opt to do? Because I think you're going to have to give up a little bit more in terms of the number of assets. But maybe you know you don't lose maybe that that high 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 end you know prospect and and a guy like like a Boldy or or a Rossi. But you run the risk of you know Capo Kakinen turning into the next Darcy Kemper as well. I think personally, I'd be more apt to do that, but at the same time, you got to make the money work too. So, I don't know if that does I, work I, in the long for, run. For for clarification, Fiala is still included in that one as well. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I, like I said, I think Fiala's got to be included in, in no matter no matter what the yeah. other assets are. Oh yeah, so gotcha. I, I don't think they can just mm-hmm. do an all futures deal. I don't think it works. Yeah, even with the buyouts, especially gotcha. looking beyond this year. Yeah, I don't know. From I think I, I'm okay with that one too. I mean, you know, like we we know I'm pretty much okay with you know most any deal that doesn't include both of our top prospects in it. Uh, I've been very openly on that bandwagon since the first rumors come out, and I'm you know not going to get off until he's traded. But you know, it does. I don't really. I wouldn't say I go back and forth, but you know, you do kind of you know stop and pause. It's like I mean, first of all, you feel bad shipping off all these guys to Buffalo, but <laughs> right. uh, in, in a way, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but you do kind of go, okay, you know, it is a little weird to think about trading Fiala away after just two and a half years here, uh, especially when they've been trying for that player has been mentioned many times for, you know, decades now. And also, you know, you don't necessarily just want to bolt, you know, send Rossi off a year after you drafted him or or a guy like that. And so, that, you know, that does make it, that makes me pause and think, but I, I don't know, I think. I'm still of, you know, maybe I'm crazy. Like I said before, this is why people like me aren't in charge. But uh, I am just, you know, I'm on that bandwagon to to make that deal. And uh, like I said, as long as it's not both of their top two prospects, I would, you know, pretty much be okay with almost any deal that they would come up with. Yeah, because again, as, as we've touched on, I, I, and Justin, as you alluded to earlier, if, if Garen makes that trade, it's it's me believing he's done his due diligence. On, mm-hmm. on all, all those question marks that we've brought up, you know, the attitude, the medical history, um, you know, th- those being the main two, but, you know, and any other factors as well. So just wanted to bring that up and just, just discuss a couple of proposals. I think we, we've kind of tiptoed around that until we maybe had some more clarity yeah. on if that was a real possibility um, or not. And per Darren Dreger, it seems like it is. Um, again, that, that tweet wasn't from a verified source, but I'm assuming he watched it somewhere. I, just, I didn't have the time to look at the clip before we hopped on. Um, so I want to touch on that. And then the the final point I kind of have here before we before we wrap this uh, reaction show up is, um, you know, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter both donned the assistant captains on their jerseys last year, uh, meaning those letters are now both vacant heading into 2021-2022. And I just want to have a discussion, you know, maybe end on a little bit more of a, of, of, of a positive note per se and and just see who you guys think um, might, might might get the A's. Um, I, I think one we can probably agree on right off the hop is is Marcus Foligno. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And, I don't know. I guess yeah. for me it comes down to a you know a couple of guys. Maybe obviously, I think immediately think Jonas Berdin, Yul uh, Eriksson-Eck, even though he's a little bit on the younger side, and then also you know with the way Garen has talked about, we know Matt Dumba too. So I think I don't know what you what you guys think, but I think one of those three guys is probably likely to be the other one too. Uh, I, th- those are the three guys I wrote down. I, I, the one I had at one and two was Ek and Felino. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Felino, for obvious reasons, you know what he brings to the team. Eck, because uh, I know he's young, but uh, Mr. September, he has leadership response. He's had leadership responsibilities in the past. You know, he captained, most notably captained uh, Team Sweden at the World Juniors. Uh, he wore an A on his sweater for most of his career before that for, you know, the uh, SHL J20 Super Elite or uh, Farstad, the J18 Alls. I can't pronounce the league name, but. <laughs> Alsvenskin? Yeah, Alsvenskin. Yep, that's it. Uh, the J18 Elite and the under 16 SM all over for Farstad. So he's got that uh, history of being in a leadership role. So I think he could slot in there quite well. Yeah, you guys are about the names that, that came to mind for me as well. I think my instant one, beside Felina, was Brodine, and that was just, like, for whatever reason, my, my memory triggered in the games where Parisi sat out and was scratched or, you know, when Suter missed. Like, it seemed like the, the A was most often with Felina or Brodine to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that came fresh. But then someone did flow out the idea of Eriksson Ek, and I was thinking, you know, like you guys alluded to, you know, the team late's columnist for September. All the guys seem to really like him. He's a, you know, a complete lead by example, no bullshit guy. I don't I don't know if he's vocal in the locker room. We haven't really heard that he is before, but, you know, he's a great lead by example guy, just, you know, kind of like a Jared Spurgeon. Um, Marcus Flinos, we assumed, is, you know, kind of that vocal leader. Um, you know, Pardine, I think, too, is it's a really similar, you know, type of demeanor to, to Suter where, you know, he's probably can say the right things at the right time and, and is a never, you know, the, the demeanor to me always seems very level-headed and maybe he's he's that guy in that sense. Um, I, I did consider Dumba briefly, but I think just until there's more clarity on what his future looks like here beyond mm-hmm. um, the end of this next contract, I don't know if he, I don't know if you want to run, run this cycle again in, in a year and a half, two years. So yeah. um, I just, and, and then, you know, maybe Kaprizov is a wild card there too. Um, depending on the length of that contract and how the teammates view him as a as a leader or not in that locker room, I would, he speaks better English. You know, he's always got a smile on his face. You know, maybe he's just that that you know that smiley energy assistant captain too. But I'd say I'd put every penny I own on Felino being one, and then I would probably split my chips two ways um, as of now between Brody and Eck for for that for that uh, second assistant captain. Yeah, I'm, I think, you know, I think like what you mentioned with Brody and kind of that, you know, maybe quieter, like like you mentioned, compared him to Suter, uh, you know, he's been around for a long time, you know, like almost nine years. And it's, you know, it's kind of hard to believe he's already 28 and is because he's been around that first year. Those two guys, Parisi and Suter, were here. So I think, you know, from that standpoint, a lot of times, you know, that's what the teams will be, do, will go with, with the more kind of veteranish guy. Uh, but uh, I, I think, you know, like you said, uh, there's plenty of good choices there. And I think, you know, the, the main thing, the big thing that, you know, Garen and Evis and all the, the staff have kind of, uh, you know, brought into the team over the last couple of years is that, you know, it doesn't really matter who has the, you know, the letter in the chest, even if it's cliche, like they say it, or, you know, how many people do that. There's plenty of leaders like we saw with Selena last year. So in the end, I don't, you know, obviously it doesn't matter too much, but I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, any guy that they could probably do uh, that gets a letter uh, very much deserves it. Yep, and I know <clears throat> Flynn only has a couple years left. I think he'll be here past that, but looking at guys that are on the list, you mean Eck and Brodine are both here for a long time, so they, they'd wear mm-hmm. the letters on their sweaters for yeah. quite some time next to Spurgeon. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we got through pretty much everything in a in a fairly reasonable amount of time, which is very unlike us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Not many rants. No, no, we, we did a good job of being <laughs> of being quick and concise. Maybe we should record at ten more often. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, 
guys, any any kind of final thoughts here as we head into these to these next few days where things will likely probably continue to heat up? Um, I'm not ruling out you know another trade or something else happening before expansion, but um, I think the next big thing on on the list is I believe the expansion lists are released. I think this time even publicly um, on I believe it's Sunday. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the next big like league day so that would be you know kind of the day i would look at for you know the next potentially big move because if those lists have to be sent in by then i I don't think they're making a move in between there so nor i don't know if they can because might be a roster lock Hmm. um so i think the only thing i'm gonna throw in there is uh trust what billy's gonna do there's gonna be moves that you're not gonna like he knows that we know that uh just trust what he's doing it seems like he has a plan and and you know uh yeah that's all i got trust billy yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, my last kind of final thought is just going back to Parisi and Suter here a little bit in that, you know, obviously, like Brett mentioned, you know, people have the frustrations, the fact that they never got past the second round, that they didn't win the Stanley Cup, which would have made, you know, the pain with the contracts a lot easier. But I just, like you said earlier, just don't forget uh, all the good things they did for the team. I mean, I don't remember it as much because I was kind of younger, but uh, as we all back in like, you know, 2011, 2012, they hadn't made the playoffs in four or five years. They were just middling, you know, that shiny new toy, new team kind of effect. It kind of started to wear off and, you know, there wasn't as much excitement around the team. And, you know, I can remember it too. They you know, completely changed it, the team for the good. I mean, people complain about making the playoffs, but, you know, before that they didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, I think the fact that they did that is, you know, a big, you know, a tribute to them. And I also just, you know, I you always have been haters of those guys because of their contracts. We've seen it in this town with, you know, those guys, Joe Maurer, Kirk Cousins, who can all be good players. I've, you know, I've all been very good, maybe not great, but have done great things for the team. And they just get that endless hate because of their contracts, which is really not their fault. And I just hope people don't, you know, you know, keep complaining too much and remember that, uh, you know, for what those guys did here. And, you know, me specifically, uh, obviously, you know, this is, I kind of became a hockey fan, you know, short a couple of years before that it started to go into games and it, it's kind of what really pushed me into, you know, getting into it more and probably a big reason why I've, you know, done all the things with it that I have. So I just, you know, thank those guys. Uh, you know, like I said, I met Parisi last year at the morning skate in Denver at the game and, you know, which was really cool for me and just want to just wrap it up. Just, you know, Thank those guys for all that they did for the Wild fans. You know, they were great. And uh, I hope, you know, even if, like Russo mentioned his podcast, they go to Vegas and Colorado, which, you know, kind of makes me want to throw up. Uh, but uh, good luck to them uh, wherever they go. And, I, you know, I do hope, uh, especially Zach and, and, you know, both of them, especially that uh, they can uh, win a Stanley Cup before their time in the NHL is done. Well said. I, I think this is going to be a good spot to end. Um, if you guys had to bet right now, uh, where Suter and Parisi end up respectively, uh, where do you where, where, where do you think they'll go? I'll, g- I'll give you a minute. I think I'll, I I've got a pretty comfortable mm-hmm. feeling. I think Suter is going to go to Boston. I think they're a team that's looking for you know a veteran presence on their blue line to anchor kind of that second pair. I think a Suter Grizzly pair might be pretty sweet, or maybe a Suter McAvoy if they want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. For I, I think on a on a two year deal that makes a lot of sense for them. Um, Parisi's a little tougher. I think he'll want to go to a contender. So I've run out of the central sands. Colorado's out. Colorado's got enough issues of their own. Vegas is a cap team. Probably not. Um, maybe somewhere out east. I think Parisi maybe goes to New York. As, you know, to be kind of a, maybe a third line, second unit power play guy for, for Lou Lamorello and, and Barry Trotz. So that'll be my, I'll, I'll go Suter to Boston, Parisi to the Islanders. Two years each. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of hard. I mean, I think you know that like like Brett mentioned the two teams that I've been hearing. You know, Russo mentioned personally is obviously the Islanders, but you know you mentioned Vegas. That's the other team that he said obviously he would have to take you know a pretty cheap contract to go there. And you know the main connection there is you know Pete DeBoer, who was his coach in New Jersey when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I don't know. I guess you know like you said, I think the Islanders are probably the more likely one. But I guess I'd go. I don't know. I guess I'm going to go Vegas just. Uh, to be you know, different. Just based off gut feeling and, and also to be different. And for Suter, I don't know, it's kind of hard because, you know, as people have said, he's probably going to have a lot of lot more choices than Parisi, so that he could go to. I mean, we've seen Washington, Tampa, you know, all teams uh, in Boston and even Colorado. You know, some teams might have are going to have cap trouble there. So it probably depends on how much money he wants to make. But I don't know. You said Boston. I think I'll go Washington for Suter. All right. Honestly, Justin? uh I'm not. I'm not much different. I honestly thought Boston first with with Suter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not just copying you. I no, I, I really did think that. Just their defense. I mean, they lost Char last year. Their defense needs him, probably needs a player like him. These guys are make made a lot in their careers. They're going to make a lot from us, so they can cheap, sign cheap contracts. And then I know you said Vegas was a cap team, but what I've been hearing and his love for DeBoer and, and that'd be a coach he'd want to play for. I'm going to go with Vegas as well on a cheap contract. All right. So each, each of us has a team in common. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two as free agency opens up. I believe it's July 28th um, is the yep. first day for that. So we'll keep an eye on that. And again, wish those two, all the guys, the best. Um, you better not be the people that boo them when they come mm-hmm. back. Don't, don't be that fan, please. Don't be. Um, hate, you can hate the contract, but you can love the player. So, yeah. And when we can all love the player and love those guys for everything they did, as I mentioned earlier, for the team, for the community, and and for this franchise, and because because you have to know too that you know bringing in some other free agents and stuff like that um, was because those two made this team feel like it was was a contender. So um, I think that'll about wrap up for us today. Uh, we have uh, coming up uh, next week or not next week um, Thursday, uh, we'll be doing the second part of our mock draft, which we had to retool a little bit. Um, because Caleb Jones had to be traded for Duncan Keith, uh, putting a, a big hole through Justin and I's blue line uh, that we had to address. So uh, a couple changes there, but we'll, we'll get to part two with the West on, on Thursday, um, and then we'll have about a week and a half off and be back uh, that following uh, Sunday or Monday to recap in its entirety the entry draft, the expansion draft, and all that. So that's what's on tap for us, but uh, let's do as we always do and just remind everyone uh, where they can find you here before we sign off. Zeke? Uh, well, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ZBWildNation underscore HW. And then, uh, always, you can find my written work at HockeyWilderness.com. Justin? Uh, you can find me at DEast2004. You can find me at CapriceofC with the CapriceOf Countdown. And you can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh92. Be sure you're following the podcast account both on Twitter and Instagram at SoundTheFoghorn, all one word. And as I mentioned, we'll be back with you on Thursday to talk more expansion. And hopefully uh, there's no more serious wild news before then. But if there is, we'll do our best to react to that as well. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn.